right, welcome to the Troy Kerr's podcast where we talk all things real estate, business, and entrepreneurship. Today, I have a new friend who I'm getting to know today. Her name is Laura Tran. I actually found her on TikTok because she's got this amazing videos. She's a young woman and she is getting started in, or she's started in investing and we're super excited to learn about her, to hear her story. Welcome to the show, Laura. Thank you, Troy. Thank you for having me. No problem. So tell me about where you're, where you live, what you do, and how'd you start doing what you do right now? Hey, so I live in uh, Tempe, Arizona currently, but I serve pretty much the entire Maricopa County in Arizona. Um, how I got started in real estate was at a fairly young age, um, around the age of 15, my mom started getting into fix and flips. So I got to see from the perspective of an investor, we move about 20 times by the time I was in junior uh, year. It just, we'll go to a house, we'll, she'll fix it and then she'll sell it the next year. And then we redo that again and again and again. So uh, at one point in time, she had like 12 different properties. So I really get from that, I gained the ability of kind of going into a property and being able to see like, okay, what, what needs to be fixed to make it aesthetic or what needs the interior design and everything. So that's where real estate kind of started. But I mean, my background is not really real estate. It was biomedical science and we just needed a realtor. And I, I got the license and I fell in love with it. So it's kind of that's, random. That's cool though. Let's talk about that a little bit. So you went to school and so your dream was not to become a professional realtor, professional investor or, or professional social media person. Your dream was to get into the medical science. And, and what were you... What, and what were you studying and what was your plan? What was your journey? What were you going to be? Right. So it was, it was more of a, my mom's dream. She always wanted someone to, <laughs> to be, one of her children to be a doctor in the family. And I was the oldest, I am the oldest one. So I got deemed um, the one to be the doctor, right? So I went as far as to get my master's in biomedical science. Um, I shadowed everything. I shadowed surgery, dentistry, family clinic. And then afterwards, I just realized it's not fit for me. Um, in my blood, I'm just an entrepreneur. I absolutely love business. I love negotiating. I love helping clients. I love giving value. So I, it's just, um, I've, I decided at the age of 27, a little bit late, but I decided, you know what, I'm just going to do things that makes me happy and things that are I'm passionate about. So yeah, that's where it pretty much began. So that's cool. So how did your mom take the, take the news? I mean, I'm sure she was a little bit satisfied that the fact that, you, I mean, you basically became exactly who she was in terms of this investor, right? She, you to, told me just before that she was investing in all these properties. She wanted you to be a doctor. You made, uh, you know, a big work at yourself by going through and getting all those degrees and shadowing people and whatnot. How did she take it when you said, you know, what, I'm going to follow your path and not go become a doctor? Uh, she was actually kind of disappointed, but what she <laughs> went out to do was she went to get a doctorate in healthcare management. So because she got her doctorate, it took the weight off me to, to kind of become the doctor of the family. So that at that point in time, it was like, okay, you can kind of do whatever you want. Like this fine. <laughs> That's awesome. Laura. So your, your family, you all live in Arizona right now, Maricopa County. Yes, we do. We have a pretty small family. It's just me, my mom, my brother, and my grandma. Yeah. <laughs> and have you guys lived there your whole lives? 
Uh, not really. I was originally born in Vietnam. So I came to Arizona first when I was nine years old. And then from there, we kind of relocated and moved everywhere. We went to San Francisco. And then my mom brought us to uh, Mississippi, where I kind of got my, um, my undergrad and my graduate degree there. And then I came back here about four years ago. I don't know if you know this, but I own about 70 properties in Mississippi. It's one of the markets that I invest heavily in. I'd like to I'd like to take a journey down that rabbit hole right now. So where where in Mississippi did you go to college? I went to Clinton. Um, I went to Mississippi Mississippi College. It's like a Baptist university in Clinton, Mississippi. Okay, I know where Clinton, Mississippi is. So how did you? I mean, that's like a big shift coming from living in all these crazy cities to living in the middle of the most rural state in the entire United States. How did you make that adjustment? It was uh, it was quite an adjustment. Just just imagine coming from San Francisco, which is like a very diverse, liberal type of area, right? And then you go to Mississippi, which is very conservative. And I remember still like when I was in high school, just it was still kind of segregated in a way where the white you know students sit on one side of the cafeteria and the, the black sits on the other side so i was the asian one of the two asian in the high school so that was a huge cultural shock for me coming in at junior year where i don't know anyone and just it's so different but it allowed me to kind of be diverse and kind of like be a chameleon and and adapting quickly in anywhere yeah. that I go. Did you pick up a Southern accent? I didn't, surprisingly. I kind of said y'all once in a while. <laughs> but after living in Arizona, that kind of went away. That's cool. Yeah, so, and now when you got back to Arizona and you got your you got your real estate license, what? why did you get your real estate license? So I got my real estate license because we've been, like I said, we've been doing a lot of real estate transactions and we've always outsourced the transaction to another realtor. So I figured, you know, like I told my mom, like either I get it or you get it. We need to have a real estate, like one realtor in the family, just keep it in the family, you know? And so my mom didn't want to get it. So I got it. <laughs> awesome. One of the th things I really liked about your videos is you do some really cool properties, like in I saw, I think it was one video where you were like showing this, I don't know, it was like a lion or a, I don't remember. It was some sort of an animal. That's what caught my attention. I was like, this is a really cool video. And then I took a deep dive into your, your TikTok page. And I was like, this is really cool stuff. Can you tell me what like inspires you, Alora, for like what kind of videos you do and why you do the videos that you do? Right. What I find out about social media is that right now people have a very, very short attention span. So when you start a video, you automatically need to get that hook. And then from the hook, you have to give some sort of value and some sort of interest within the video to get people to continue to watch. So funny that you mentioned about the lion, because that's actually one of my listing right at the moment, where um, it was built by an NBA player for the Suns called Joe, his name is Joe Courtney. So he his wife is a Leo. So he he made a bunch of lions just within the four house in the cul-de-sac that, um, that where the listing is at. So I know that like that's such a unique type of feature where not a lot of homes have, even the Tuscany type of architecture, you don't really see in Arizona. You see a lot of renovation that's very like um, neutral in colors, a lot of whites, a lot of beige, a lot of gray, right? But you don't really see a lot of wood carpentry. 
So that's why I started the video immediately with Fat Lion because you, you don't see that in homes that much. And I actually haven't seen it until I have this listing. I've sold, I've sold 3,000 homes. I've never seen it. And I thought it was like super cool. I was like, this is really awesome. Now let's talk. So that was, I see, that was the question I had. I'm like, is this her listing or she just, so that was actually, how did you get that listing? That listing was a previous client of mine for marketing. So I did an influencer marketing campaign for her um, med spa and we kind of keep in touch. And then she, um, she's like, Hey, like I, I wanted to sell my house and I hopped on it. <laughs> it's like, you, you know what? I'll do it. So that's awesome. And that was the Joe Courtney. He was a former, I think he played with uh, like Dan, um, whatever his name is, the guy who's got the bar out there. Uh, his, his name's just Dan Mallory. Is that the right one? Dan Mallory. I'm not quite sure. I'm not, I'm not much into sports. That's okay. But so, so real quick, Alora. So when you got the listing, has that one sold yet? Or is it still in the market right now? It's still in the market at the moment. So be nice so to get fire. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds like I still got an opportunity. That's a pretty cool one. Have you done like an in-depth YouTube video on that one yet? I have. It's um, it's currently a full walkthrough on YouTube at the moment. That's awesome. And we have a landing page too. Do you want to give that out? Yeah, absolutely. It's um, eloratran.com dash Arizona luxury listing. So is that what you focus on is mainly luxury listings? Um, I, yes, I, I, do focus on luxury listing, but I pretty much do everything else. I've done commercial spaces, um, multi-families. I've done offices. I've done just regular residential. So I don't really have a niche per se as of yet. Cool. And what got you to get into social media, Laura? What was the draw there? The draw was, um, it's by accident, actually. Uh, during COVID, I met my boyfriend. And he, um, he had this company, Pixel Agency, but it was still in its infancy stage. And we got together and we, we built a team of 20, um, 20 people and kind of launched it. So we did have clients coming from medical, like medical school was one of them. There was like skincare companies. So a lot of boutique companies that we, we helped. And going from there before that, um, I focused on marketing forced real estate because I moved here, as I said, four years ago. So I didn't know, I didn't have a sphere of influence in Arizona and right. I didn't want to spend that much money on marketing. So social media marketing, I feel like a lot of agents should really do it because it's a free marketing tool. And all you right. need to do is pretty much be consistent. <laughs> right. That's, a, that's a good thing. So uh, to talk about that a little bit more in depth, when you talk about being consistent, when you talk about social media, what does your routine look like? Because I know you have an agency and I know you deal with other clients. Right. What, 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 what do you try to do for your personal brand and then for other brands out there in terms of advice, in terms of how to be, become viral? Right. So for my personal brand, we hear a lot of advice where um, they say, you know, be consistent. But I would add more to that. I would say be consistent, but also do it with some sort of strategy. Notice like what video performed the best. Why does it go viral? Uh, what hooks did they use to make it captivating? And how did they transition from one scene to the next? 
kind of in a fast pace so that it captures people's attention because people are ADHD. They get so bored even after two seconds. So I keep a lot of transition around two to three seconds. So there's some sort of strategy that goes into each of these videos. What I tell my client is to not copy everyone, but get your personality in the video. And you see that on my TikTok page and my Instagram where I put a lot of my own personality. I am a lover of food and experiences. So you see Dash, like in between the real estate videos, you see me um, going to different food places, going to different local places and featuring that. And then I also do modeling. So I'll do like modeling pictures on my Instagram. So just like your personality. I did notice that now that you mention it, like I was starting to get hungry towards the end of your TikTok. There, there's some amazing, there's some amazing food. And Laura, I was like, whoa, what, what is this? Like you were like, you were really, I mean, and, and food can be like, so like, it just, it speaks to you because you can like visualize eating it and you're like, oh my gosh, that looks amazing. So what are some of the things that, what are some of your favorite places that you featured in some of your videos or your favorite oh. dishes? Oh man, that's a really hard one. It just depends on my mood. This week, um, I've been featuring a lot of Asian cuisine and Asian plazas. So I've been focusing in Mesa. There's two main plazas, Mekong and H Mart for Asian plazas um, close to me. So I've been featuring their food court and also their grocery store. But when it comes to food, there's there's so many, um, like Korean barbecue. I love uh, Jen's yeah. Korean barbecue and Mana's. Yummy. <laughs> You're making yeah, you hungry now. I should have like a warning if you watch yeah, this. Like, seriously, <laughs> that's what it should be. Warning before you watch this, make sure that you've taken like coffee or some sort of stimulant to not make you want to go. Because yeah, it's true. Like once you watch your videos, it's just the power of that social media. So I think that's cool that like COVID was kind of how you jumped in and you jumped in because you saw your boyfriend's business that needed a little bit of help. And as the good woman that you are, Laura, you're like, I got you, I can help you. That's what my wife does for me. She's like, I see you doing this over here. You're doing it all wrong. Let a, let a, let a real woman get involved and help you out. And I, I'm speaking truthfully here. I'm not speaking like to like be condescending. I'm telling you that there's a, there's a reason why I dress the way that I do. There's a reason why like if you look at the original social media that I started, it was like me just like throwing crap out there. My wife's like, you know, nobody's going to believe you nobody because you don't look the part. Right. And I think that a lot of it boils down to perception of how you're perceived on social media. And I wanted to ask you as somebody who's an expert on social media, like you are, Laura, you mentioned call to action for those of us who aren't familiar or for those of you, I am familiar with that term for those of the people who are listening to our, our podcast right now, first of all, give Alora a big five-star review for thanking us for gracing up with her most valuable resource, which is her time. What is a great call to action or how does somebody come up with a call to action? What is a call to action? A call to action is a pretty much as it sounds at the end of your video, which I usually put is um, asking them to follow you. If you have social media page, follow you, call you, contact you, any sort of form that you would prefer for the audience to reach out to you and to subscribe to your channel. Now, do you have to actually say that? Yes, you do. Okay. Um, I, I typically say, well, it, on my YouTube video, I'll say, and I'll also add some graphics that actually shows arrows pointing to the subscription button. It's just like anything visual, you know, like point wherever the subscribe button is, you know, like get them to do it because people would, would love your, their, 
your video, but what they do is they forget, you know, like at the end, you just want to go, they swipe. It's the swiping culture. It's like you go to the next and the next until you remind them, hey, like you like this video, please subscribe. <laughs> That's a great point. I think I might add that to the, the end of my videos is the arrow pointing down on the subscribe button because it is something that like, you know, as somebody you produce the content and then you forget like, oh my gosh, I don't have a call to action. Can you talk yeah. about what a, what a hook is? Right. A hook is something, it's like, I would explain it as a headline. Like whenever you, for instance, you go on yahoo.com, right? They, I feel like that platform has very captivating, interesting headlines. So it'll, it'll hook you into clicking into that article. So kind of like that, your video has to do the same way. It has to have some sort of headline and title that makes the audience say, hey, I, I really want to watch more of this content instead of swiping to the next that's a great explanation. Thank you for that, Alora. What what would you uh, what things about social media do you think you like and that you don't like? I would say I like social media and the fact that it's free marketing for your your brand. Um, what I don't like about social media is that there's so many information that you really have to decide for what's real, what's factual, and what's not. And also the fact that social media is made to be addictive. It's made for in any platform for people to engage, to spend your time the most on their platform, right? So you really have to limit yourself as a professional to time block. Hey, I'm gonna dedicate this amount of time to creating content, posting and engaging. And aside from that, I'm gonna dedicate to money producing activities. Right. So, or you just get lost in the realm of social media. Totally hear you there. How do you deal? I'm, I'm sure you don't get a lot of hate, but I do. And one of the questions that I ask people all the time is like, how do you deal? Because people can be pretty vicious out there. They're going to find like the fact, like I remember I like had something on my lip. Somebody's just like tearing me apart about it or something, you know, and yeah. just people can be the most, how do you deal with the vicious hate that's out there in social media? There's something that I saw this week that I, I thought was very profound. It was uh, this guy talking and he was saying, he was talking to an audience. He said, hey, you with blue hair, that color is horrible. Now the audience that he pointed to doesn't have blue hair. So he made the point where, hey, if you know who you are, you know that it's not you. And because of that, you should not be insulted on whatever comments or negative comments that are directed your way, because you know the type of person that you are, you know the content that you produce. So don't let it even face you because it doesn't even, it's not even you. So I thought that was really cool. And then, um, yeah, I've noticed a lot of negative comments on my TikTok or on social media in general. And I just say something witty back. I mean, think of it this way. Any publicity is good publicity, even the negative ones. The fact that they even took time to comment on your video and the longer you get them to keep talking, the better engagement it is for your, for your platform. So you don't block them, huh? I don't, unless it's something sexual, like a sexual harassment, then I, I report it. Right. Okay. Yeah. I usually just, I'm, I got to the point where I'm just like, you know what? I don't like this guy's got a bad edge. Block, block. I'm just like this. Block, 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 block. Yeah, it block. helps with engagement. I just keep it there. And then I respond back. And sometimes people actually like my response because they're like, hey, because one of the guy, he wrote like boring. And I said a comment back. <laughs> and I, I was like, hey, it's boring. Like, what did I say? I said, 
Uh, it was interesting enough for you to comment, right? <laughs> and then people like that. <laughs> yeah, interesting enough for you to comment. That's a good point. So yeah. with with your with your agency, what do you help people do? I helped uh, with various things. I helped them create content for those who are really busy. And especially um, companies that don't have time to consistently post on their social media. So we do ad works, we do content creation, and we also do one unique thing as influencer parties. So um, like we we know we have a very in touch, we're very in touch with local influencers. So we'll gather those influencers that fit their niche and actually throw a party. <laughs> Cool. Aren't you down there with like Pace Morby and a couple of the other guys like Robert Kiyosaki lives down in Phoenix. Uh, Tom Wheelwright lives down there. There's a lot of it. There's a lot of high uh, profile real estate investors in your market, right? Yeah, we do have a lot. That was funny. You said I was actually on um, Pace Morby's show. I was a guest um, actress there. <laughs> I was a real estate agent on one of the shows. Oh, oh, on the, what's, what's it, are you talking about his actual show? Triple or is digit, you, yeah, triple digit flip. Yeah, the he's, he, he's an interesting guy. I like, I like, he's a big subject to finance guy. I think he's got a lot of good information to share out there. That's cool. So how do you reach out to the influencers and put those party together? What do those parties look like? I'm interested in that. Yeah, so first what we do is we find um, influencers that matches the, the, the like types of audience that our client would would target like the, the same type of demographic we reach out to them through instagram um well we find their page on instagram and we continue the conversation through email because they get so many they're bombarded by brands all the time through instagram so it's the best way is just to email them directly and then we, um, from there, we either, if they have a management company, we, you know, negotiate with a management company or we negotiate a good price for them and then set up a time, you know, for the event, for all of them to come. That's awesome. How does somebody find more information out about that, Alora, if they're interested in contacting you either for like at, for agency help or if they wanted to get an influencer party, how would they get a hold of you? Right. Um, I'm on a lot of social media platforms. So you can go to elora.tran on my Instagram for uh, marketing is bixel, B-I-X-E-L-agency.com is where you can contact me. And then my phone number 602-489-8361 is pretty much everywhere anyways as a real estate agent. I'm sure I feel you there. Uh, you probably get lots of spam calls like I do. Yeah. I got a question. I wanted to transition into your, 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 you as an agent and you as an investor, and how do you wear both of those hats? So my first question would be like, wh when do you decide to invest in a property and when do you decide to buy a property if you're going like on a listing presentation? Mm. When I decide to invest in a property, if the numbers make sense. <laughs> um, is when I try to invest, especially location-wise. I'm a huge believer in location. Um, cosmetic, that's something that can be renovated and, and you know buy and hold. But if it's a nice location for a good deal and I feel like there's an ROI, then yeah, I would jump on that. Um, for, and what was the other question? What was the second part of it? Yeah, in terms of your agency business, um, how do you keep that, I mean, not your agent, your agent business, not your agency business. So like with your, 
with your real estate business as an agent representing people, like yeah. one of the things that I always felt like I had, I just gave my license up. I've had, I had it for 15 years. I sent it back to the state of Nevada when I moved to Kansas city. And one of the things I realized that once I moved to Kansas city, I didn't have that license anymore. Like I didn't have that internal struggle of like, Oh, I'm still an agent here. And I'm an investor over here. I'm asking you, Alora, like, how do you deal with that? Does that have like a controversy in your mind? Uh, not really, because for me, real estate being a realtor comes first. I'm more of a realtor than I am an investor um, at the moment. So uh, whatever transactions, I pretty much send it to my investors first because I'm not I just don't have time to to be the investor at the moment. Right. So I'm wearing more of the real estate hat. Cool. So you just you just wear the hat that you want to wear when it makes sense for you. And right now you're spending more of your time on developing uh, more business for your clients than you are for yourself. Right. So do, when you talk to your clients and you're listing their property, do you talk about the power of the influence that you have? I do. I definitely mention the the marketing abilities that I can help with their listing because. You know, aside from holding open house, there's so many aspects in, in being able to market. For instance, this listing, I had a professional drone video photographer, a videographer come in and we filmed like 20 minutes of a walkthrough. Um, we did, I have a landing page for them. I've been actively marketing on their, on TikTok for the listing and on Instagram. So it's just, and Facebook. So <laughs> that's some of the things I feel like I bring into the table that other real estate agents um, may not be so aware of in terms of social media marketing. Right. The fact that how many followers do you have across all, all socials? Um, at this moment, I would say like combined or each individual? No, combined. Combined, combined like over 20,000. So just simply by telling your client, listen, I'm going to have this in 20,000 eyeballs uh, by the time this thing's listed. What can the other agent do for you? You know what I mean? Yeah. I have people who are devoted to what I sell and what I look like. And that's a big leg up. A lot of people need to consider that when they're selling properties because it, it's changed the game. I mean, when I, I didn't even have social media when I was selling properties. I mean, I've only been on social media for one year, really. And, um, you know, I was a consumer of it with no real accounts, just looking at people that I was interested in and whatnot. And then I saw somebody else take social media to a huge level and in investing. I was like, man, that thing is the most powerful thing I've ever seen. Right. And, and so can you talk more about that? Like, what advice would you give to agents, not your competitors, obviously, but people in other markets that... Um, you know, that aren't on social media or that are, are on social media, but that aren't having any success with it. Right. I would recommend to, let's, let's start with, because every platform is different. Let's say TikTok. I recommend right. them, if they were to choose a platform, definitely get on TikTok because it's, it's not, it has not transitioned to be a pay to play type of platform like Instagram. TikTok, you can still get exponential growth with not without putting ads money like money into the ads so start with that be consistent with it um but consistent with a strategy go to the search bar look up real estate tours per se and look at the video that's performing the best on that niche and what are they doing in that video 
that makes it perform so well? What's their strategy? How are they filming that video? How are, are they saying anything in that video that might captivate the client? Just like do very thorough research and then try to duplicate it within your video. Now you're not copying them because you are you, right? You're putting your own voice in it and it's a different property, it's a different twist, add your own twist into it and just do A-B testing. Do one video with this, this type of style, another video with a different type of style, see what performs best and then hone into the one that performs the best and make more of it. That's, that's outstanding advice. You guys need to give her a five-star review. <laughs> and make sure you subscribe to her on her socials. Laura, that's outstanding advice. You mentioned you're from Vietnam originally. I actually had one of my best friends uh, growing up was from Vietnam. And so I got to really get to know that culture. And one of my favorite dishes to this day is still pho. I know that most people associate like that is the, it's just like, oh man, it just hits the spot every time. It really um, does. <laughs> yeah, it, it really, really does. It's, it's one of those meals that seems like it's very easy to cook and very simple and it's just very satisfying one of the guys that i really look up to who i think as you mentioned that that made me think i think i believe he is vietnamese and if i if i if i'm incorrect please correct me his name is thatch newen and he, he's a real estate guy out of seattle who's a vietnamese guy and he said that he immigrated uh at seven years old and he's really flashy and that's what catches me like he's always got a rolls royce out there or something like that and the reason i said that is because he's almost got two million followers and 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 that's where you realize the power of social media and and the and and the and the re reason i realize it is and what you were just talking about was like you know you got to copy what people are doing and kind of do it your own way it's like do I got to go out and buy a bunch of Rolls Royces to get 2 million <laughs> followers on social media, you know? <laughs> That's the next level of flags. I mean, it helps, you know? It's funny how, like, the general population really focus on luxury in regards to credibility, right? But as I feel like a lot of my, like, the people that I know that are millionaires and millionaires, they, they, they're not, they're like the most regular, normal-looking individuals you would not be able to spot them on the street but for social media that clout and the brand recognition i mean people react to it right and that's a, another good point like one of the things that i figured out with social media is when you use the terms like cheap or you use a term like um the automatically you're associated as like some sort of a scumbag especially like if you're a, a, a you know a male over the age of 40 years old um so, you know, it's one of those things that's like, oh my gosh, it's, it's crazy uh, that that has such a big impression with dropping the numbers. Like when you say, hey, I spent $20,000 in this, $30,000 in this, people are like, what? It just yeah. gets their attention. It really does. It's that hook that we mentioned about. Totally that. It's totally that hook. Well, so what would be a piece of advice that you would give to somebody who's new and young and trying to get started in business, being a serial entrepreneur like yourself, Alora, what advice would you leave our audience with? I would say to not get stuck in the phase of researching. Because I know so many people where they, they read, they research, they look everything into whatever business that they want to start, but they never take that step to take action. And I feel like the, a lot of the things I learned in business is while taking action, while doing it, 
while failing, while realizing that, oh shit, I made a mistake. Like I'm gonna redo it differently next time, you know? But it's through those actions that, that you learn. So don't be afraid to, to take action is my, my one advice. <laughs> That is, um, that's probably the best advice. I always tell people you got two, you got two ways, hire a coach, get a mentor, get somebody that you can look up to or take action and fail and learn from your mistakes. Right. And I think, I think that's excellent advice. Laura, I really appreciate ha having you on the show. You've been dropping a ton of wisdom on our audience. How do people find more out about you? Um, what's your, did you, I don't even remember. Did you give out your phone number? I yes, did. you did. You did it rapid fire. Can you slow it down and give it and give it again one second real quick? Sure thing. It's 602-489-8361. Perfect. And how do they get a hold of you on your socials? How do they find you? What's your social handle on TikTok and on IG? Yes, IG is Elora, E-L-O-R-A dot Tran, T-R-A-N. And then TikTok is my name's Elora dot real estate. Elora.realestate. Elora, we appreciate you gracing us with your presence today. You've been a wonderful guest. If you guys enjoyed what Elora had to say, you want to hear her come back, definitely share this video with a friend. Definitely subscribe to our channel and definitely follow her on all of her socials. Follow her journey. I can tell you if she's a doctor, serial entrepreneur now, like the sky is the freaking limit, especially with the power of social media. It's like pouring gas on a fire. I totally appreciate you coming on the channel. I appreciate you. Thank you. All right, peace.